Before we get into this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we wanted to mention to everyone, we want to talk to you. We want you to tell your story and have this podcast just be your channel in order to do so. Uh, we're totally open to whatever it is you want to talk about, what your story might be, but we just want to give an avenue for you to share that. If you're interested in doing that or think you have a unique story to tell, please just get a hold of us, ATC at, at athletictrainingchat.com or through any of our social media things. We are fully open to whatever you want to talk about other than the five questions we like to ask at the end of each episode. So if you're interested in being on the podcast, please uh, don't hesitate to contact us. So this is going to be a shorter episode where it's really just me having some thoughts out and things that have come up, uh, especially around the ESPN article and short outside the lines piece uh, that came out a couple weeks ago uh, leading into the NATA convention. Uh, the gist of the uh, article and the video, if you haven't seen or haven't heard it, which we'll link up um, on the website, so athletictrainchat.com and the post in regards to this video slash podcast. We'll also have it in the show notes, so check that out as well. Um, but basically the gist of it was the survey went out from the NATA, and in full disclosure, I haven't dug deep into the survey. I'm looking at all the different things quite yet, but um, I picked up a lot of the generals of it. But found that there was a lot of concern uh, over the clout that coaches and administrators might have over the health care of student-athletes. I believe this was looking at specifically uh, collegiate athletes with that. Uh, just to kind of get into some of this, you know, the numbers with it, I think Murphy Grant of Kansas, a uh, former boss of mine and our NATA president and head of sports medicine at Northwestern, uh, Tori Lindley did a fantastic job in the piece uh, relaying what needs to be looked at in terms of athletic training in athletics, the medical model, so on and so forth. Um, but really what they found in the big numbers that ESPN presented was 19% of respondents said that a coach played an athlete against medical advice or if they were ruled medically out. 36% felt that a coach had influence over the hiring or firing of medical staff. Uh, this is something that most people I think can relate to in some form or the other where a coach might want to bring their person. Um, or if they just don't like someone, that that could potentially present an issue. 58% uh, felt pressured to make a decision by coaches and administrators in regards to the medical health of a student-athlete. 24% feel they did not have medical autonomy, so even though they are in that medical role, they were not able to make the choice that they thought would be really the best in the welfare of the student-athlete. And then 50% said they serve in what is deemed as the medical model. Uh, we won't get too far into that, but I know that can be really complex in terms of what that actually means. I know for a lot it means we're reporting to a physician, not an athletic director. Uh, some can take it further as this 
um, story kind of stemmed off of the University of Kansas whole sports medicine staff and strength and conditioning staff moving out from underneath Kansas athletics on payroll and over to the University of Kansas health system so there is only direct reporting through uh, the medical side apologies for the short interruption uh, but from there you can also see in some cases where in our instance like we are still housed underneath the athletics department and I do report to the athletics director but we have placed our team physician on the org chart at the same level as our athletics director and so we have it split with me underneath looking at all medical reporting and medical care being reported to our team physician whereas the administrative budget things like that are reported over to the athletics director. Um, so the medical model can get really interesting with that and what is truly defined by it. I know there's other Division three schools that have had to go to the medical model for funding of the athletic trainers where they're funded through a hospital or a clinic and serve the athletics department. So it has happened there as well, um, intentionally or just because that's how it happened to work out. Uh, it's interesting in how all this plays out. I th it's hard for me to relate to it completely because I think we're very fortunate where I am is I we don't have what I would deem pressure I think we have questions uh, but does that necessarily mean that they're pressuring to make decisions uh, and that's one that you know it's eye in, of the uh, in the eye of the beholder on what that truly defines um, but things that we've kind of looked at and as I've been digging more into leadership research uh, around athletic training and what that means and just looking at some things and the empowerment that we need um, to do our jobs correctly and do it for the best case scenario of the athlete and their best outcome. Some things that have kind of come up and um, we've really tried to take a look at making sure that as our staff and I, as I've talked to other athletic trainers that we're making it understood that as athletic trainers we don't work for the coaches. We work with the coaches, and I think that's a really important distinction, and we try and catch it as much as we can around our athletics department when a coach says, you know, my athletic trainer, or, you know, or they're part of the coaching staff. Well, sure, in some context, and while I don't know that any of it's ever malicious, and I'm not assuming that it is, the things that can go along with it, the thought process, aren't necessarily ones that are good, where the athletic trainers answering to the coach, uh, which we just don't see as the case. We see it as we work with the coach for the betterment of the student-athlete, the welfare of the student-athlete, and we very much try and make sure that we're saying with and not for. And we brought that up, uh, which has been really, you know, beneficial for us uh, we've kind of changed a little bit of the narrative it's a long ways to go but we're working on it and that conversation's gone all the way up through administration to make sure that we're relaying what we see as how we fit into that um, mix that's one where we you know, will flip it on them every once in a while just to switch the context is you know if a coach says oh my at well you're not really my coach because I'm not telling you what you need to do. But if we flip the script on it, I don't know how much that would be appreciated by some of the coaches. Um, so really when we do that, it seems to at least get the wheels turning that it's not that type of relationship. We're not an assistant coach for you. It's not 
we're not that person. Like, yes, you are the head coach of the team, but we are there to work with you, not for you. So commanding out orders doesn't entirely work, but we are more than willing to have a conversation about, you know, anything that comes up, student-athlete healthcare, you know, whatever it may be, practice schedule, so on and so forth. Um, the other one that I found, you know, the leadership characteristics that have been found in athletic training by some great research out there by many um, researchers across the country shows that as athletic trainers we have all, we find that the all the necessary, in quotes, leadership characteristics to be a good leader, hold your ground on things like that, are possessed. Like, they're important to us as a profession. Now, I think the biggest thing is figuring out how do we empower and implement those things, especially for younger, um, can understand that it's important for young individuals that where it's a little bit more hard with a bigger coach, you know, a personality in terms of things, um, or someone that's been around for a while, but finding that balance of making sure that you're not going too far and giving in, yet still working in coordination with that coach is really important. Uh, so that is something that we try and take into context. Um, one thing that we found is sticking to uh, guidelines that you stay out if you need to have 24 hours or 48 hours for practicing. It's like you have to be willing to put your foot down and not cover that if you don't know when practice is, if you've done a reasonable job of trying to ask for it so you can plan your life around it. But at some point, you have to be willing to not show up. It's the power of no, both as an answer and as an explanation, in terms of when things come up that maybe outside what is willingly able to be done or adding more time without the compensation in certain characteristics is important to be able to do that. I'm not saying that would need to happen every time. We're very adaptable as a profession. We're very adaptable as people. It's something that we pay a lot of attention to and something that is a very strong suit um, of our profession. But if to what end? Like we have to be able to put our foot down at some point and not burn ourselves out with this. Um, I think that's really important to set those guidelines. The other one, I don't really know how to best do with this, and I'm open to anybody's ideas on this because I'm trying to figure it out as I go. Is you know making yourself invaluable. I personally think almost all of us are replaceable in some context. Like the show will go on if I, you know, leave or whatever it may be, and you know, nothing. The wheels aren't going to fall off and whatnot, but showing your value like this is what you bring either in terms of safety liability which are always areas you can go or just in when you are there you're doing such fantastic work that you're getting everything you need to get done accomplished and there's no question that you just need to be there for more hours to be there uh, i think that's really important and if you can focus on that there's a lot of things we can do in order to get that done um and make that known and broadcast that so there isn't a question about, well, what are we just doing? Um, I think that's really important. And then, kind of like we talked about before, just having the conversation of for and with. I think it's an awkward conversation, but it's one that if we want to get out from coaches who think that we work for them and that this is what it is, 
you, you have to have that conversation and just make it known. It's like, hey, I don't work for you. I will work with you to do this. That doesn't mean we have to fight on every single thing. That doesn't mean we're not going to listen to each other. But we have to understand that this is a professional relationship, not one where I'm your assistant and you are just leading this entire thing. I think that helps empower a lot. Uh, especially when it comes to changes and schedules or things or requests that just aren't feasible to get done. Um, totally open to more conversation on this. I would love for people to get on um, the different social media things and have any comments on this, start a discussion, questions. This is something that I'm going to continue to dive into um, as I work through some of my own schooling around it. But uh, I think it's a big shift in this ESPN article put a big spotlight on it. I think that's something that is a progression if we can keep going and developing and working on getting better at this in terms of just making it more known and helping empower each other, especially young athletic trainers, um, to put their foot down per se when they need to and stand up for what they're trying to do. I think it'll do nothing but help the profession as we continue to grow. Reach out to us. Love to hear any comments. Again, if you want to ever be on the podcast, please reach out. We'll start reaching out to a bunch of people. Uh, it's whatever topic you want to talk about or story or um, idea that you have around athletic training. All we ask is the answer to the five questions at the end. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon.